Well, hey, everybody, it's bonus content time. We're kind of in the middle of a message that we left off with last time. We're going to finish it with a shorter uh, midweek wrap-up video here for just a few minutes. Uh, But we're in the middle of a message called Standing in God's Way, and it's part of our series Outsiders in this middle section here in the book of Acts. We're in Acts chapter 11. And the title of this message, Standing in God's Way, comes from Peter, the Apostle Peter, at the end or near the middle of Acts chapter 11, as he's basically being interrogated by the church in Judea about some amazing things that have happened to him in Acts chapter 10, where these outsiders, these Gentiles, have come to faith in Jesus, and now they're trying to figure out where they belong. But the church is not really a fan of Peter's methods or what he's been doing. He's going against their law, their tradition, you know, what what they're used to and they don't really care for it and so he's having to really defend himself and he's going over what's happened in Acts chapter 10 and at the end of there at the end of Acts 11 his speech here in Acts 11 here's what he says that talks about standing in God's way this is Acts 11 verse 15 as I began to speak Peter continued the Holy Spirit fell on them that's the Gentiles just as he fell on us at the beginning Then I thought of the Lord's words when he said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And since God gave these Gentiles the same gift he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus, who was I to stand in God's way? So Peter's pleading with the church here in Judea. I know this sounds different. I know this is new. I know this is unorthodox. But I'm telling you, this is what God is doing. Don't stand in his way. I'm not going to stand in his way. Please don't stand in God's way. And so we looked, we looked at three attitudes that can cause even Christ followers today, maybe even you, maybe even me at times, to stand in God's way, to get in the way of what he's wanting to do in us and through us. Three attitudes. The one we looked at last week, if you missed it, you can catch the, the previous video, was pride. And pride basically says, I know better than God. I don't need to ask his advice or his opinion. I don't need to pray to him about this decision. I'm just going to do what I want. I don't really like the way that his plan's unfolding. I like my plan better. That's pride. I don't need God in this situation. Sometimes we live life that way without even realizing it. We just totally neglect God in our everyday life. That's pride. It gets in what God wants to do and get in his way in your life. We also saw that sometimes pride can just be a critical spirit toward other believers. I don't like their methods. I don't like their, you know, their standards, not my standard. And so I'm going to judge them or look down upon them or, or talk bad about them or tear them down, rip them apart. That's a, a critical spirit is a spirit of pride and it stands in God's way. It will keep God from fulfilling what he wants in your life. If you have that critical spirit, it'll keep your relationships from growing and thriving. Even as a church, it can keep us from growing and thriving into what God wants us to do if we're full of this pride, prideful, critical spirit. But more on that last time. If you missed it, go ahead and watch that. Uh, but we'll get to the final two here for just a few minutes today. So the second main attitude that can cause us to stand in God's way is unbelief unbelief and that's what the church is really wrestling with here in acts 11 they don't really believe they don't like what they're hearing that happened with peter and they're trying to hear him out but they're really faced with this question are we going to believe peter are we going to believe god are we going to believe that this is what god's up to and this is what peter's trying to tell them i wrestled with the same questions i know where you're at i know how you feel i know what you're thinking i know i know it's all swirling it's so much but i'm telling you i've seen firsthand this is where god is going please trust me please believe me please believe god this is where our movement is headed it's where it's going don't stand in the way now don't misunderstand what that means when i say unbelief stands in god's way It doesn't mean you're going to have everything figured out in your life. 
It doesn't mean you're never going to have questions. It doesn't mean you're never going to have any doubts. That's just part of being human. That's part of the faith journey is I don't always know the next step. I have questions. I have things I'm not certain about, but I'm not going to let that keep me from doing what God has for me. I'm not going to let unbelief become an excuse of why I'm not going to make that next move that I know I need to make. You even see you know, the, the example of Mary, the mother of Jesus. The angel comes to her with this announcement, crazy announcement. You, this virgin teenage girl, are going to bear the Son of God? And she says, how is that possible? So she had questions. She had some concerns. She had some gaps to fill. But then she said, you know, may this happen of, as, as you've said. So she didn't let her doubt lead to unbelief. Peter's the same way here. When he has this vision of these unclean animals, God says, kill and eat. He says, no, Lord, I can't do that. It's against the law. But after enough time passed, he trusted God. He believed in God. He didn't let his doubt lead to unbelief. Unbelief is tricky. It's sneaky. But it's similar to pride in that it says, I don't even think God could do that. Or I don't think God would do that. I don't approve of that, the way that that other church across town is doing this, so I'm not going to believe God's in it, and maybe he is. Or I don't like the way that my you know, neighbor, even someone at church, how they you know, worship or what they do or how they express themselves, and so I'm just not going to believe it. Maybe God's in that, though, and we're standing in, in God's way. Maybe it's something new God's doing in your life, and you just, you just can't take that chance. You won't take that risk. You won't believe it's God leading you to do this new thing, this uncomfortable thing, this crazy sort of thing. That's where the church in Acts 11 is. It's too different. It's too outside of the box. It's unorthodox for them. They're at this crossroads. Will we believe what God is doing, or are we going to stand in God's way. So that's the second attitude that can cause us to stand in God's way is unbelief. And then the third attitude that can cause us to stand in God's way is indifference. Indifference. Indifference says, well, that thing's not important. It's not urgent. It's not time sensitive. You know, what's going to happen is going to happen. It doesn't matter if I get involved or not. Why do I want to get involved? Why do I want to make a mess? I don't want to get my hands dirty. I don't want to, you know, I just want to stay out of it, stay on the sidelines. I want to remain neutral. So it's indifferent, kind of a blah, blase sort of attitude. And spiritually, this doesn't work. And Jesus shows us how it doesn't work and why it doesn't work. There's an example of this. So this is nothing new. Indifference is nothing new. This kind of blah in our culture, especially spiritually, a spiritual malaise that's over our culture and the world, is nothing new. Jesus dealt with this in his own time. In Luke 9, here's what we read. Luke 9, 57. As they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. But Jesus replied, foxes have dens to live in and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place even to lay his head. He said to another person, come follow me. The man agreed, but he said, Lord, first let me return home and bury my father. But Jesus told him, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go and preach about the kingdom of God. Another said, yes, Lord, I will follow you, but first let me say goodbye to my family. But Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. So we see three parts of this indifference here that Jesus faced that we can also wrestle with. We can also face and we can't give into it. The first man we see here, indifference was really non-committal. So the first man said, I'll follow you, but then there was no follow through. That's what we see here from this man. Jesus is, is honest. I, I love how Jesus is very honest with this person. He says, do you know what you're signing up for? Let me just make sure to explain completely what you're signing up for. Following me is not always easy. 
Rarely, maybe, is it easy. Following me is not always fun, but will you commit to following me? And in Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says, If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you'll be saved. But then in Luke 9, earlier in Luke 9, 23, Jesus says, If you want to follow me, you've got to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. So see, sometimes the believe in your heart and confess with your mouth is easy for Christians to do, but then we, be, we can become indifferent and not follow with our feet. It just becomes lip service, but that's an indifferent attitude. Indifference in Christians is we talk a good talk, but we don't walk a good walk, and that can stand in God's way. That's indifference. The second example here in Luke 9 is indifference is waiting for the perfect time to follow Jesus, the perfect circumstance to follow Jesus. And he's the one that wants to go home and bury his father, and Jesus basically says, no, that seems harsh, but contextually in, in the culture here, it seems as if the father is probably not near death, but the son is waiting till his father dies to earn an inheritance. He wants comfort before he'll follow Jesus. That's indifference. He wants everything kind of plain and figured out and comfortable before he'll follow Jesus. That's indifference, and it gets in God's way. So let me ask you this. Is there a decision in your life that you've been putting off because you know, it, I'm just not ready. I'm not ready to make that leap. I'm not ready to commit. It's not a good time. If the circumstances were different, I would go there or do that or whatever, but I'm just not going to do that. Don't give in to indifference. Don't say another time. You know, don't say when it's the things, when the stars align. That will never happen. Don't give in to this indifferent attitude. It gets in God's way. The third example from Luke 9 here in the life of Jesus with indifference is indifference to some people is this other thing is more important than Jesus. The third man wanted to go back and say goodbye to his family, which again seems like a normal thing, but contextually those types of goodbye parties can last for days if not weeks. And Jesus probably assumes, this is what scholars tell us about the context here in the culture, is that he's assuming that the family and friends of this guy are going to try to talk him out of following Jesus. You're crazy. You're not going to go follow this crazy teacher in the wilderness. Why? You're going to be dirt poor. You've got a good thing going here. You've got family here. You've got a support system here. Why would you leave all that to go follow this crazy Jewish rabbi? And so he's like, nope. If you're going to put your hand to the plow, we're going forward. We're not looking back. We're not going to be indifferent. See, indifference here in this case says, I will follow you, Jesus, but first let me do this. Let me get this squared away. Let me get this figured out. It's similar to pride that we looked at last time, which is I'll follow you, but on my terms. It's indifference, and it gets in God's way. It stands in his way. And so if you search your heart and your life really deeply, let me ask you this. What is that thing that is competing with Jesus for number one in your life? What is that thing that's holding you back from selling out and serving him wholeheartedly. Maybe it's status, maybe it's approval, maybe it's relationships, maybe it's your career, maybe it's any number of things where I'm just going to kind of stay in the middle. I'm going to be Switzerland. I'm going to be neutral. I'm going to stay on the sidelines, but that's never how you win the game. You've got to be on the field. You've got to be in the game to win the game. And the danger of indifference, as we begin to wrap it up, is this. Indifference keeps you from making a difference. On the sidelines, I can cheer, but it doesn't really have any effect on the outcome. I've got to be in the game, on the field, a participant in what God's doing. Indifference will keep you from making a difference. And because here's what happens. You end up waiting and waiting and waiting for the right time, the right scenario, the right circumstance, all the stars to align, all the things to fall into place, and then you're stuck there forever, forever. 
You never accomplished what God really has for you because of your indifference. That's where the church is. They're at this crossroads here in Acts 11. They have to ask themselves, are these outsiders worth reaching with the gospel, or are we going to remain indifferent about them? Will we try this new thing that Peter's talking about? Are we going to go with that, or are we just comfortable where we are right now? Are we too proud of our way, and we're going to reject God's way and going back to last week? Are we going to allow uncertainty to turn into unbelief to halt God's greater purpose? Don't let these attitudes stand in God's way. Luckily, the church did not give in to any of these attitudes. Here's what happens at the end of this section. Acts 11, verse 18. When the others heard this, they stopped objecting and began praising God. They said, we can see that God has also given the Gentiles the privilege of repenting of their sins and receiving eternal life. As this church heard Peter, they let go of their pride and criticism of his methods. They didn't give in to their doubts to lead them to unbelief in what God was doing, even though it was new and different and scary and uncomfortable. And they didn't remain comfortable and indifferent, but they said, no, this is the way we're going this direction. Let's act. It's urgent. Let's do it. Let's spread the gospel to everyone. No outsiders anymore. And like, so like Peter, they refused to stand in God's way. And as a result, the church continued to grow. God blessed the church. They exploded. They rapidly grew. As we'll see even this next message, it's going all over the region fast because they got out of God's way. They didn't allow their pride, their unbelief, or their indifference to stand in God's way. They said, no, God, you can have, have it all. It's your will, your way, your plan. Help me not to stand in your way, but be part of what you're doing. And I pray the same for us. I pray that God would strip us of our pride and say, it's not my will, not my way, but it's yours. That he would remove uh, the unbelief from our hearts. Yes, we're going to have some doubts and questions and fears and uncertainties and unknowns. That's a given. But may we push past those through the power of the Holy Spirit, past unbelief into just this uncharted territory, this adventure of a lifetime and what God may be doing in you and through you that's brand new in your life. And then may we navigate beyond our indifference. May we get excited about what God's doing, get invested, get involved, say, yeah, okay, God, I'm on board. I'm 100%. I'm not going to sit back anymore. I'm not going to play halfway anymore. I'm not going to ride the fence anymore or stay on the sidelines and just watch. I'm not just going to observe. I'm going to get involved. I'm going to get my hands dirty. I'm going to share the gospel. I'm going to live a life of faith full out for all the world to see to make the difference that you want me to make in and with my life. So I hope that's been encouraging for you. Again, if you missed last week, you can catch that and see all three of these, how they work together. My prayer for us is that we would move forward into what God has in the future each and every day and just see the awesome things that can come from that. God bless you guys. Have a great day.